Channel podcast. Our next skater is from United States of America. Beagle. At Pyeongchang 2018, Adam Rippon went from USA figure skating team member to cultural icon. I enjoyed it so much. I had the time of my life and this whole Olympic Games has been just amazing. It's been a wild ride. USA teammate, Olympic champion, and probably most importantly, Adam's friend, Merrill Davis went to his rink in Los Angeles to get his advice on how to be true to yourself. This is the Olympic Channel Podcast, and my name's Ed Knowles. Olympic Channel Podcast. Adam Rippon's name was all over the internet before the 2018 Olympics in South Korea. He became the first openly gay man to qualify for the US Winter Olympic team. Being here at the Olympics, it, it does give me a louder voice. And I've got a big mouth and a loud voice. But in addition to all the memorable performances he put out on the rink, it was also his good humour off the ice that caught everyone's attention. In addition to like all of the support I've gotten, I've uh, heard a lot of people like, whoa, Adam Rippon should tone it down and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't tone it down. I'm being me. Now he's retired from competitive skating. And Meryl Davis went along to catch up with her old buddy. Hi everyone, Meryl Davis here for the Olympic Channel with Olympic medalist, cultural icon, and now soon to be best author, and my friend, most importantly. Oh, thanks. Adam Rippon, thank you for joining me. Well, Meryl, thanks for having me. We're in your home, so thank you for having me. We are... I had to clean up a lot before you got here. Well, we're in the place where it happened, not to quote Hamilton. Right. But um, <laughs> what does it feel like? I mean, I know you're here all the time mm -hmm. where you trained and prepared for the games. So what does it feel like coming back? You know, being back here, I think everything that I've gone through in this building, all the ups and downs, the highest of highs and like the, you know, I, I remember specifically giving interviews of like getting ready for a competition and they're like, how's it going? And you're like, I've never been better in my entire life and then going into like the bathroom that's over there and then crying. Oh, so, <laughs> so just like so many emotions in this place, but it feels, every time I come here, it feels like home. Well, I, I finished reading your book last night. You talk about how your approach, especially around the Pyeongchang Games and following the games, is treating everyone like they're already your friend. Mm. And I think that's a big part of why everyone loves you so much, whether it's you know through social media, over television, in person, you do treat everyone like they are your close friend. And so what, is, what lessons have you gone through that taught you, you know, and inspired you to act that way with people? I think I always felt like the outsider. And um, growing up, I felt like maybe people were treating me differently, and I hated that. Mm -hmm. And I found my sense and my, I really found my confidence in entertaining my friends. Mm -hmm. And I found my confidence in making people laugh. Um, whether it was like a coping mechanism to like beat them to the joke, uh, to say something funny about myself or not. Um, but then I didn't find myself being the outsider anymore. I found, I found myself being the person that I was kind of friends with everybody. And I remember thinking that like, you know, I never wanted to be that person again. And when I see somebody who I see myself in, that they want to just feel like they fit in a little bit. And I feel like when you speak to them, like they aren't different and like you've been friends already or somebody who might 
you wouldn't imagine them being friends with you and you speak to them like you are already on that level. You break down those walls immediately and when you don't go into a situation and question if people will like you, you don't give them the opportunity or the, any reasoning to give you an opinion of why they might not. Because if you already insinuated that they do, yes. they're going to go along with it. Right. And everyone does. <laughs> and everyone loves you. And here we are. Not everything has always been easy, of course. And I think that's the case for every Olympian, everyone. But looking back on, you know, the moments where whether money was tight or just balancing all the difficulty of making your dreams a reality, do you have any piece of advice you would give yourself then or, or something that you would say to, you know, Adam a la... 2017, mm -hmm. 16. If I could ever go back, and I, I think back to that time a lot of when things were really challenging, when I really, you know, was living in my coach's basement, I had to choose between paying for like ice time or like getting groceries. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> one, I was very grateful for the people that were able to help me mm -hmm. when I needed help. Um, and the only thing I would say to myself then is don't forget this feeling. Mm -hmm. Because in those moments are when I had my biggest breakthroughs. Because I felt like I had nothing. So I had nothing to lose. And I think when we sometimes have a little bit, we feel like, oh my God, I don't want to lose this. But when we hold on to it so tightly, we lose it. Mm -hmm. Because we're afraid to lose it. But when we aren't afraid to get more, we can get more. And in those moments where I felt like I had nothing, I just unabashedly went for whatever I wanted. And I worked towards whatever I wanted because what was the worst thing that was gonna happen? I would just still have nothing? Yeah. And I think back to that, and those were the moments where I was my most fearless. Mm -hmm. And so I try not to ever forget those things. And if there was anything I could say to that person, I'd be like, Sorry, like you'll have more money later, but yeah. just like focus. Adam skated to Coldplay at Pyeongchang and the crowd went wild for it. He ended up with a bronze medal in the team event. But before all that, he found himself in a bit of a scrape with US President Mike Pence. I don't want my Olympic experience to be about Mike Pence. You know, I want it to be about my amazing skating and um, being America's sweetheart. He stood up for what he believed in. My experience of going to the Olympics only one time, but as an adult, mm -hmm was that I had a, a greater perspective of what it was, where it's really this show of athletic excellence to the world. Mm -hmm. The Olympics is a time for the world to kind of come together as countries and cheer on its citizens and cheer on the people representing their country, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. And we celebrate those people who are so incredible. We yeah. celebrate the victories of all of these people. I was so focused on being able to represent myself to the best of my ability, which meant representing you know, who I am, representing where I'm from, my family, um, my coaches who have put in all this work with me as a student, um, that I didn't think any bigger than the little bubble that I was living in. Mm -hmm. And 
after the Olympics, when I had this opportunity to meet so many other people, I realized that um, in a way that I was able to kind of push myself out of my own way mm -hmm. and to authentically represent myself, uh, I was able to do what um, a lot of people before me were not able to do mm -hmm. um, without repercussions. And um, what I felt like was something that I was selfishly doing for myself was actually a result of a lot of work other people have done before me so that somebody who's like me, who's got a big mouth um, and who likes to be a big personality could go to the Olympics and, and be embraced by so many different kinds of people in a way that, um, you know, I couldn't imagine somebody being embraced like me, some big part of the LGBTQ plus community um, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that in a way me acting just like myself was a way of celebrating all of those who've come before me and helping those who you know are my age and younger than me to celebrate who they are as well. And you tackled some pretty big issues throughout the course of the games, leading up to the games, throughout <coughs> the games, which I think a lot of athletes tend to shy away from whether it's political or whatever the questions might be or the topics, tend to shy away from answering the questions, whether it's a distraction or whatever it is. But you very bravely um, tackled some very big issues throughout the course of the games, despite all the stress I'm sure was already on you. So what was that experience like for you? Well, when I was going to the Olympics, I, I told myself the, my number one goal was to represent myself to the best of my ability. And that meant to me skating the best I absolutely could in every event that I was in. Um, and it also meant being honest um, and showing who I was to anybody that asked. And I, I thought that, you know, I would answer any question that I got honestly, whether it was, how are you feeling? I'd say, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have diarrhea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, very certain. Yeah, which at the Olympics is the case for everyone. <laughs> right, it's pretty common, the epidemic. Yeah. Um, and whether it was something like that or whether it was um, a question on politics, mm -hmm. I just felt like, you know, in, in this day and age that we live in with social media, um, the, your voice is, is and can be so powerful um, that what's the point of having one if you don't use it? time for the stars of the show. Mesdames et messieurs, veuillez maintenant accueillir les athlètes participant aux Jeux Olympiques d'hiver 2018 de Pyeongchang. Talk to me a little bit about that experience walking into the opening ceremonies, your first Olympic Games, you meet Gus Kenworthy for the first time, you know, sharing this moment together, but in particular from two very different sports, from the world of figure skating, the world of freestyle skiing, I think from the public perspective, you know, two sports sort of at the opposite end of the spectrum. What was the experience of walking into the opening ceremonies with Gus like and what did it mean to you? You know, I um, think back and I, I'm in being one of the like the, the first openly gay athlete in the Winter Games. I think back to like, you know, first of all, that's a little bit of like a technicality. Okay. Because in the way that um, figure skating qualifies its spots, um, we get announced to the team before a lot of other sports. So I got to share this honor with um, also like Gus Kenworthy, who 
listen, I'll take my, um, the first, I'll, I'll take in a run. Yeah, um, but we are definitely, I would say that we are the first. He was named to the team like just a few weeks later than I was. Okay. Um, but I think what we were able to do there is we were able to really represent um, our sports in the way that any other athlete would have been able to do it before. Mm -hmm. So Gus and I did not meet until the night of the opening ceremonies in the holding tent for all the athletes. And um, in the few weeks leading into the games, um, we had started corresponding with each other because we all of a sudden were in all of these articles together. And we wanted to see if we, one of, if he had qualified, if he had qualified or if I had qualified yet. So we were keeping up on um, the qualifying process for the both of us. And um, I remember that he messaged me as soon as he found out I was on the Olympic team and that he said that he had one more race in like two weeks, so he would know in two weeks. Um, and then we were just waiting until we would finally meet. Um, it's so funny because like, it's somebody who I've never met before, somebody who does not do the same thing I do. But on some level, I so understand things that he's thought and things that he has gone through. Mm -hmm. And the Olympic Games is such a crazy experience. It's such a crazy moment in your life that it is a situation and a, and a time that will connect you forever with so many different people. And when we met in that tent, it felt like we had known each other forever. And I feel like all of the athletes walk in together. When you represent the United States, you, you walk behind the American flag. But there are like little divided groups in that group where you walk in with, you know, as a figure skater, I would walk in with all the other figure skaters because that's, you know, those are the people I've known forever. This is like our moment to share with also, and we're gonna meet so many other athletes. But Gus and I were there and, and you know, we were getting to walk in and we kind of looked at each other and he turned to me and he said, do you, do you wanna walk in together? And um, in that moment, it just felt so much bigger than me. It felt like um, something that I would have never thought was possible 10 or 15 years earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was a really, it was such a powerful moment for me that I couldn't imagine seeing two out athletes walking together, representing the United States um, in an opening ceremonies. Um, that uh, I, I was just, I felt really grateful to be part of that. I get chills even thinking about it because you know I think back to my own first Olympics the opening ceremonies and sort of thinking about what it takes to get there and what it means and being a representative of your country but also your community whether it's figure skating or you know the region that you're from and to be a representative of this community, but also the journey that the community has been on. Mm. You know, as you said, it this something like this wouldn't have happened 10, 15 years ago. And to be those athletes, to be that athlete that gets to be so proud walking into the opening ceremonies, representing where the community is now versus where it's been and, and the struggles that it's sort of gone through. Do you have any advice for young people, whether it's part of the LGBTQ community in general or other people? Who are struggling to be themselves or find themselves do you have any piece of advice for for someone going through that well I, I think um, 
in a way that, you know, just marching in the opening ceremonies with Gus. Um, I think the two of us walking in together was um, almost a political act. And I think now, um, especially with so many things going on in politics, it's so important that we use our voice. Um, I know that like the state of US politics is not something that I love. And I think I've seen so many young people be inspired to speak out. And um, you see different young people speaking about climate change. You see so many people speaking up for other um, uh, marginalized people within the LGBTQ plus community. You see a lot of people speaking up for um, trans people, um, especially for like black trans women, um, that when we're able to use our voice just a little bit, we help a lot of people. Yeah. And you have to do it authentically and you have to really in your core feel it. Um, you know, I remember walking into the opening ceremonies and for me, I walked in with Gus because it felt like a big moment for me. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like, if 10-year-old Adam saw this, maybe he wouldn't have felt so uncomfortable for 20 years. And you know, that was a moment for me because when I walked into the opening ceremony, so they announced you like in order, alphabetical order of the country that's hosting. So I think, you know, America was one of the first countries. So we walk into the opening ceremonies and I'm like, this is amazing. And we're walking in and it's like, the it looked like the whole place was empty. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, you know, of, of course I'm at the Olympic games, nobody's watching. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, like, I'm so happy to be in this moment. And then, you know, um, if you have an event, soon you don't stay you have to leave because you have to get ready because where the opening ceremonies was it was like an hour and a half from our village so you know we, we go we sit i walk in i'm like that was that was amazing like because i i couldn't imagine doing that when i was younger and then i leave and i realize that the whole reason that like it was empty was that we were the first country one of the first countries to walk in and all those empty seats were for the athletes Love that. Can you believe that? I'm like, oh my god, nobody. It was like, of course, nobody's freaking here. And it was just like, the whole tent, like that. That's where, where were you gonna sit, babe? Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, so, what an experience. could you, what, a roller coaster? Yes. Yeah. Beautifully executed by Adam Rippon, USA. Well done. That was elegant. It was thoughtful. Just wonderful. 28-year-old Adam Rippon from Scranton, Pennsylvania. A lot of emotion in that performance. And what can you say about something like that? That just that's just beautiful. Representing the United States of America. Beagle. Adam Rippon. And you have so many opportunities. There are so many different paths you could choose. Um, and it's great that I think you're doing so many of them, but is there one thing that stands out to you or is there one direction you're really excited to go in? You know, I, I think to what I've always loved doing. And I think when I competed, yes, I um, am an Olympian and an Olympic medalist, but I feel like I was never like, I wasn't a Meryl Davis. What? You know what I mean? It was like, there was like Meryl Davis and there's like, Oh, please. Me. <laughs> no, I mean it. But I, I, I feel like I was really proud of what I had always done. And I wasn't like the, the best of the best and not a world champion. Um, but I f found myself being really proud of what I had done and realized that 
success is so personal mm -hmm. that um, I feel like what I want to do next is I want to be able to, no matter what it is, to be able to find that success personally. Because mm -hmm. whenever you're able to do that, you can walk away from whatever you do and, and be satisfied and yeah. be proud. Yeah. Um, and then I, I want to I make people laugh. I want to make people laugh because it, it, it brings me a lot of joy and, and I think like in a world when things can feel so crazy, it's nice to be able to um, give an escape to different people. I was really good at what I did and I enjoyed it and for a little bit I was embarrassed that I, you know, as I'm getting older and in my um, skating career I could see people who were, you know, people like Nathan Chen who are just phenoms, right. phenomenal athletes who I so respect mm -hmm. um, and, and love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm never going to be that good. And um, it felt like, well, then what's the point? But then on the flip side of that, I decided that I would just start to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to find those victories personally, I felt like I was having the most success that I've ever had. And I feel like in whatever I do next, I want to be able to find that success personally. Um, I love making people laugh. I love entertaining people. I, I think in this world where there are so um, many things and so many, you know, there are so many things, you know, and that's it. <laughs> It's just like, there are so many things here, and it's just like, who can help us? And it's just like, I think I can. The, and world, the just, world can be an ugly place. It can. Yeah. And I think, Being like, I want to be... a lot more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to, like, continue to be an escape. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I love that. I've, I've done that throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. of Like, I've always been a little bit of an entertainer, and now that I get to pursue it as a career, um, I love it, and I, I want to continue to do that. And thank you so much for helping me through that answer. It's obviously a I lot more you. challenging no, than I that. thought, yeah. Now that you are experiencing all of these just incredible things, whether it's going to the Oscars and talk shows and you know getting to have this amazing platform to share things that you believe in and, and talking to very influential people, do you ever pinch yourself and, and just think like, I can't believe this is my life now? Um, no. No. Because I can believe it. I love that. And I can believe it because I feel like no matter the people in the room, um, no matter how different they are, no matter how, um, you know, it might be conceived that I, we wouldn't get along, I've always felt like it was my superpower to walk in to a room and become friends with somebody. And whether that is somebody who's been a famous actor or a famous singer um, or just a hockey player here at the rink, um, you know, we're all just people. And it, 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 it just is further proof to me that like when we just treat people the way we want to be treated, it doesn't matter who they are, that we'll get along. I'm incredibly grateful to have met so many people who are so influential. Um, but, and I think that it's helped me and inspired me to, you know, kind of take the same path as people like them. What has the fame, in every <clears throat> sense of the word, um, what has it taught you? What's that experience been like? Because your life is so different than it was before the games, realistically. When I think about things like that, um, I feel really grateful that it wasn't until I was in my really, like, late 20s 
you know, I'm in like the ninth inning of my twenties. <laughs> it's in the final act, you know, it's like, well, we're creeping. Yeah. Um, let's make a few doctor's appointments. Um, <laughs> uh, that I, uh, I'm grateful that it wasn't until I was later in life that I have, um, now the audience that I have because I was able to go through a lot of those uncomfortable situations pretty privately yeah. um, but I've also learned and I think that a lot of us learn that as we get older the people that we have in our lives and our close group of friends people do come into that circle but that circle becomes so much smaller yeah. and I feel incredibly grateful for the friends that I have you included and you always being one of them um, but I feel like I've always had really good role models too um, you know I remember being young yeah. and um, oh boy do I remember being young um, <laughs> but I remember being young and, and I looking up to you oh, and um, you know to have so much success and you treated me who I felt like kind of a nobody and you treated me like you would have treated anybody else, I feel like prepared me for so much. Oh, that means so much, thank you. And I mean that, and I think that like, um, it's, uh, you don't ever know who's watching, and I think what you did for me was very unintentional, but meant a lot to me. Um, but um, I know you're very nice, like so much, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, uh, I think that I've been very, I've stayed really connected to the people that I've always been mm -hmm. close to. Yeah. And what do you hope people get from reading your book? Um, I hope that they get that everybody's success story is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And everybody's success is so personal and so true to who they are. Mm -hmm. That there's no timeline for success and that it can happen whenever. And the only thing that you can do is be prepared to be successful every single day. And no matter the level of fame or the level of um, you know, notoriety or the paycheck you get or whatever that is, you'll walk away from every experience feeling like a superstar and that's what really matters. Well, now that you have a book, mm -hmm. the obvious next ch chapter, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> too cheesy to now use Serious? the word chapter, yeah. um, would be, you know, who would play you in a movie? Who would play you in a TV series about your life? Mm, I'm th I'm, I haven't thought about this because it needs to be the right person. Mm -hmm. I think Margot Robbie would do a good job. She would. She, well, she, she well, first of all, she can does. play anything. She can. Yeah. If you can play Tanya Harding, you can <laughs> play anything. Um, uh, you know, maybe, see, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like getting up there. Right. And, but we have the same birthday. You do? Yeah. Is it November? It's not the same year. Don't do that to me. Is it, does it happen to be November 11th? It does. Okay, yeah. I'm just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. Here's the, my only qualification. Somebody yeah. young and hot. You could play yourself. Yeah. I was so just talking pick. about myself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a vlog. I like it. I, yeah. I, yes. It's a vlog. It's just it, a it's vlog. It's your YouTube channel. Yeah, it's my YouTube channel. That's my movie about myself. It's like Margot Robbie. Maybe she's in it. It's like, yeah. haven't called her back. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Okay, Whoever good. plays you, <laughs> okay. I'm definitely going to watch it. Good. Well, thank you so much for your time. I you always love getting to spend time with you. You're, you're doing such wonderful things for not just the figure skating community, but 
American culture. Um, it's a difficult time. It's a it's a challenging time. I thought American time. culture needed a little bit like a, a boost. It right? did, and you. I think so. you're doing wonderful things. Well, thank for it. you. So, thank you, Adam. Love you. Love you. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big, big, big thanks to Meryl and also to Adam. You can follow both of them on Instagram, Ada Rip with a double P for Adam and Meryl E. Davis for Meryl. And I am at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E. Meryl has done a few interviews for us at the Olympic Channel and I'm going to recommend catching up with our Marai Nagasu episode. She spoke about the tears behind her triple axle triumph. Here's a clip. In simple terms, it was rough. It wasn't fun and... I wanted to quit skating. Uh, I was I was super over it. I would be driving to the rink and all of a sudden I'd listen to a song and like just my emotions would hit me and I'd be like bawling as I was driving. I've put links in for everything in the episode description as ever. Please do go and give us a rating on the podcast app. Five stars, please. And also stick in an inspirational quote in the review. It helps us out and it helps other people find us too. That is it for now though. See you soon. Think, Think like an Olympian. Olympian.